0: hey guys it's fanboy clay you know i've really been enjoying doing these little intros before the episode so you know i had a lot of fun talking about my hero academia with jake of course you have heard him before he was on season two talking about the blackest night uh the green lantern story and you know he has been bothering me well not really bothering me Uh, i i've been kind of bothering him about the show and jump app you know trying to see if it was really worth it to really talk about you know, reading the mangas of My Hero, going back and talking about Dragon Ball Z and all these different things. So I I, I finally pulled the trigger on that and I really enjoyed it because when talking about the manga and the individual chapters and the volumes, we looked at the prices. You save so much money reading chapter by chapter with the manga paying $2 a month than you would paying $10 at a comic book shop or possibly $8 on Amazon for one volume. And then even on a Kindle using uh, or or online using Comixology or a Kindle or whatever, it's $6. And you still save even more money than that. So if I would say, I'm not sponsored by Show & Jump, but if Show & Jump, if you are listening, you know, hit me up, we can talk, you know, Uh, I'm not asking for too much, you know, whatever. But i highly recommend going out to find the show and jump app on either the google play store or itunes go check it out two dollars a month with a huge library of mangas but here we go with the episode
1: 実は切り裂いて
0: Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Fanboy Comics Podcast. Of course, I am your host, Clay, and today we have another reoccurring guest here on the show. He was here uh, a couple months ago talking about the uh, Blackest Night story arc, uh, I'm talking about Jake. He is an awesome, awesome guy. He has his own podcast called Nerd Grounds. He is also the co-host of the uh, Comic Book Legion Sister podcast, talking about fantasy football. Uh, which will be uh, coming back soon with Mark. He has been on vacation. Uh, but I think you are currently doing it with Kevin, right, Jake? Uh,
2: no, I actually recorded with Fred, and then we had some issues with the audio. Uh, something got really distorted towards the last 10, 15 minutes, so I've been trying to toy with that and fix it, but it's it's not looking good. But uh, I did do Oh, a, no. Yeah, yeah, of course, you know, when Mark goes on vacation and all the – Pressure falls to me. I dropped the ball. So uh, we did have a really good episode recorded. Uh, Fred and I um, from Indie Alley, as well as Nerds from the Underground. Um, it was a lot of fun, but I dropped the ball completely, and I don't know if I'm gonna be able to pick it up. And I am hating myself for it.
0: Uh, no worries, man. No worries, man. Uh, you know things happen, but you know talking about you know our favorite books. You know this show is called Fanboy Comics Podcast. Today is going to be a little different. It's a certain type of comic, but not your traditional comic. Jake, what are we talking about today?
2: Today we are going to be talking about the Japanese comic style manga, uh, my favorite manga right now, uh, probably of all time, uh, My Hero Academia.
0: So, My Hero Academia, let me just say, I started off with the show. You finally talked me into subscribing to Show & Jump on my phone, and I started reading the manga. Let me just say, I have not been this excited for an actual anime or manga since my days of watching old-school Dragon Ball Z. This show is phenomenal. This manga is phenomenal. It gets me right in the heart. It's so emotional at times, and we'll talk about that later. But my gosh, you know, when people started talking about this show and started saying, "Oh, this this is, you know, the greatest thing since Dragon Ball Z. I was like, "Get out of town. Fuck off. Like this this is not true. <laughs> There's no way anybody could beat Dragon Ball Z. Now, I will always keep Dragon Ball Z near and dear to my heart and at the top number 1, but this show is slowly creeping up to that number 1 spot for me. How do you feel about the show and the manga yourself?
2: Uh, oh my god, like I'm, I'm I agree with you 100%. Like Dragon Ball is always going to be You know, because that's been a staple of pretty much all of our childhoods growing up. You know, that was that was it. Um, But my Hero Academia has been something that I mean, you've got the similar relationship between uh, you know Deku and Bakugo, and between Goku and Vegeta, and I think that was something that really clicked for me. And uh, my buddy Blake, my co-host of the Nerd Grounds, shouts out to Blake because he was the one who was trying to get me onto to watching it for the longest time. And finally, at the end of season three, I, is when I, I barely got into it about a year ago, and I fell in, I fell down the rabbit hole deep because I started... <laughs> I, I, I've binged through the first three seasons, and then as soon as I got done watching the end of season three, I immediately checked out the Shonen Jump app, like you'd mentioned, and without a doubt, it's the best $2 a month I could ever spend because they have a huge library off the top, but then... I jumped immediately. I'm I'm terrible at this, but I'll watch an anime and then I'll stop and then I'll just jump into the manga like at the point that the anime ends. So I did that like at the end of season 3 and kind of started reading the manga there. And then once I caught up, I had to go back and reread it. I could do like a Star Wars thing, you know, start in the middle and then Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go back and finish the beginning of the story at the end. But uh my gosh, it's one of the best. It's so like you said, the emotions and the manga itself is Kohei Rakoshi, if I hope I am pronouncing that right, Um, he does an amazing job capturing the emotion on Deku's face, especially. Um, And you know, we're talking about volume one. The first thing, like the first example that really caught out to me, or you know, stood out to me, was um, when Bakugo was caught by that mud villain, and you could see him and Deku kind of making eye contact as Deku sees who realizes it's Bakugo under there, and you kind of see the look in their eyes. And I mean. There's a lot of great uh, manga artists, but that alone, right there, I mean, that's one of the reasons why it's the greatest because it captures that emotion, like you mentioned.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, all that is really in the very first chapter of the of the first volume uh, in Show and Jump. You can you can on the app you can either. Pay for the volumes, or you can read the chapters individually. Right now, I'm only reading the chapters individually. Chapter one is 56 pages long, and then everything else is about 20 pages or so. Uh, And of course, let me just say, you know, when it comes to adaptations from movies, like comics versus movies, you know, you can see, like, maybe one or two scenes where, like, man, that's just, like, the comic. This book does such a good job, or may I say, the the anime does such a good job with the adaptation of this manga because it's almost panel for panel exactly the same. And I really enjoyed that. Even though I've seen the Season 1, Episode 1 pilot at least a bajillion times because it's so emotional and it just gets me all riled up and just like, you know, I had to see it again Of course, uh, before recording this, I actually watched, uh, in the manga, the first volume is chapters one through seven, and in the anime, it's episodes one through six and a half. Like, it's half of episode six. So, I watched through all of that, and, like, from the very start, I want to go to, let's see here, I'm on chapter one. The first time you really get a feel for who Deku's character is. Is at the very beginning, he's at school. You're learning how big of a jerk Bakugo is. uh, Yelling at Deku to not even try to be a hero because he's quirkless and all of this. And let me just explain this for the people who don't know exactly what My Hero Academia is. This world is a world where... 80% of the population has powers, and those powers are called quirks. They are born with this quirk. Uh, It is a variation of entirely different things. Uh, We have Bakugo, who has the uh, power of explosions. We have... uh, What else? We have uh, Ochaku with the power of gravity. Zero
2: gravity, that's... Yeah. Yeah.
0: We have uh, Ida with the power of engines, and he has engines inside of his legs. Uh, Shoto- uh, uh,
2: Todoroki, uh, yeah, the power we have, of ice uh, and
0: fire. Ice and fire, because with uh, the explanation that it gives you actually in Volume 1 uh, is that some people either take the – or they inherit either one or both of the powers of the parents – Todoroki is really a good example of that. He has, uh, he's actually like basically right down the middle. One half of his body is ice, the other half is fire. Uh, We will get more into that if we ever come back to this show with, uh, you know, more volumes or whatever. You don't really see too much of him because he's more relevant in volume two of this manga. But with all that, you know. We learn that Deku has a very, very fanboy esque persona, just like me. (laughs) And I just like I immediately gravitated towards Deku's character because he's like, man, like the way he gets emotional in the show. With, or in the manga, you know, both with how heroes affect his life is exactly how I get emotional whenever I see Superman on the screen or read Superman, and you know, in my American comics. So I completely feel how Deku feels in here, and it feels so good. But uh, we see Deku, you know, getting bullied a whole lot. He's quirkless. He doesn't have any powers. We learn that his his mom had or has the ability to move small objects towards her, And her father, or his father, should I say, uh, we have no idea who it is. Uh, I don't know if they ever talk about it in the manga whatsoever, but he breathes fire. And that comment is made when Deku goes to the doctor to see if he has a quirk. And that's when you get the explanation of how quirks develop and everything else. Uh, But, so Deku is a huge fanboy and he keeps this giant journal Of everything he sees online, everything that he sees in person with other heroes. And he's jotting everything down for the future when he finally becomes a hero. Because that's how determined he is. Even though he doesn't have a quirk, he still wants to help people. He still wants to be a hero. And at one point, Deku completely destroys it. It's all charred up. And Deku is walking home, like any other kid would from school. And you said the mud villain comes in. And, you know, almost kills him. But the number one hero in Japan, uh, because they do have a weird ranking system, (laughs) All Might shows up and completely demolishes this mud villain, puts him in a soda bottle. And, you know, that's when Deku meets All Might for the very first time in person. He is All Might's number one fan. And, you know, this part right here is where We learn the truth of who All Might really is. Uh, And I just want to say it's really, really funny because in the anime, when I first saw it, um, everybody kept saying, man, All Might looks so different from everybody else, saying that he's so awesome. Right. Well, the thing in the manga is every single time All Might shows up, somebody makes the comment, oh, he's drawn differently from all of us. And I thought that was really funny because it's kind of breaking the fourth wall. But at the same time, it's just he's so different. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, he comes in and they have a little bit of an interaction. You know, Deku's just being the fanboy that he is uh, and grabs hold of All Might when he's jumping off. And they land on a a ceiling and they have a one-on-one talk because at this point, Deku's been told his entire life he's never going to be a hero. He's never going to have powers. And so he says, I need to ask this question. Can I be a hero without a quirk? And All Might just shatters his dreams right then and there. Says, nope, can't do it. Without any powers, you can't do much of anything. If you want to be a police officer, it's, you know, it's a good job to have. But you'll do more. It Because what does he say? He's like, oh, uh, a lot of people don't like police or.'" police officers don't really like heroes because we heroes turn on, turn in all the villains or whatever. Yeah.
2: Get all the glory for it.
0: Yeah. And, but he's like, but it's still a good profession. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) I felt that that hurt, that hurt. But, uh, that causes, you know, that whole interaction actually caused all might to drop the villain. The villain escapes gap grabs a hold of Bakugo and uh, causes a whole thing in the uh, city, but we do learn that all might isn't all might as you <laughs> might think that he is. Um, you learn that he is actually hurt internally, and is causing him to basically deplete in power. And he tells this to Deku in confidence because eh, he, you know, there was no way Deku could avoid it. At that point, so he tells Deku, but then they, you know, they walk off or whatever. They go their separate ways. Deku finds himself unknowingly going towards that whole incitement with the villain, and that's when Deku goes after the villain and Deku. This right here, let me just say, along with the music, the way the show was written, the way the manga is written. I got emotional. I got super emotional here because at this point, it is Deku. He's watching this all go down. He's like, this is all my fault. You know, somebody will finally, you know, come and help this person. And on the other side of the crowd, All Might is there in his weakest form. And he's just like, okay, I'm pathetic. I can't do anything to help this person. And even all the villains. This is something that I really liked about this first volume is that it explained that not every hero can stand up to the challenge. Yeah. You know, we see a lot in American uh comic books that like even the smallest weakest hero can triumph and be the greatest of greats and like take down the big bad. This showed in several panels, you know, uh Mount Mount Lady or Great. it's is it mount lady yes yeah mount lady mount lady comes in and she's like oh no it's a one-way road (laughs) i can't get through here and it's like really stupid but it's really silly at the same time and then uh the new hero uh with the wood he said that because of the fires he couldn't do anything so he had to run away the uh other hero with the fire hydrants you know he was busy fighting the fires And then all the other heroes couldn't get close enough because of the fires. And they eventually said, we just have to wait it out until somebody with the right quirk can come in and help us. That was very interesting to me. That made it very real in the sense that, hey, I may be a hero with a really badass quirk. But if I go against something that completely either nullifies my power or my power would actually make it worse in that situation, I'm not going to you know go forward and make more destruction or make more chaos so i thought that was really cool of them to add that into the story but at this time uh deku actually looks and he sees bakugo and he just runs for it he completely runs for it, is running after him and he even says i don't know why i'm doing this like i i can't stop <laughs> my legs what's going on and he thinks okay what do i do what do i do you know and so he remembers his notebook. And these little notes and, and, like, facts go by so fast. Even in the manga and in the show, you can't really read them because they're the text is either so small. But you can understand that he has made a profession out of this into knowing, you know, his top skills or top facts of how to do certain situations. He can think quickly. And that's what they say a lot in the anime. So he grabs his backpack he throws it at the villain and it actually pokes him in the eye. And so that's what's able uh, that's what helps him to get closer to the villain. He's clawing at him and clawing at him and he says, "You just look like you needed to be saved. I I couldn't just sit there and do nothing." And that act of heroism just engulfs all my in this like burning passion flame and like goes in, blocks the villain Beats him to all hell with a Detroit smash. And let me just say... (laughs) Let me just say... The very first time we see All Might in here... He actually hits the slime villain for the first time with a Texas smash. And just shout out to Texas because I live in Texas. (laughs) You know? I just thought that was awesome. That the very first smash in the anime is a Texas smash. But he hits him with a Detroit smash. Which is something that you hear a lot in the anime and a lot in the manga. But... This dude is so powerful, he creates a vortex into the clouds and changes the freaking weather. Oh, my is how, God. Is how awesome he is. And, like, even the crowds that were watching, they're like, it's, it's raining. Like, holy crap. This dude literally changed the weather with one punch, you know? And, like, this was the scene from the anime that I knew this is something special absolutely something special uh you know we have those tropes in comics and in superhero films that like the hero does like some internal monologue or like external monologue to like like really get your you know vibes going and just like oh man this is gonna be so awesome and that's exactly what all might is he is just like this loud and and all my in the anime is voiced by Chris Sabat the same guy who does Vegeta and Piccolo yes i am i immediately noticed that when i saw it for the very first time so like just hearing that voice i was like yes oh this is God. so awesome but you know he 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 says to deku when he's about to punch the slime villain or the mud villain or whatever he says you know Uh, I can actually read it right here. He says that, you know, I should have, the lesson I left you with, I should have practiced what I preach. A pro should always be ready to risk his life. And that's when he punches him. And just like, it gave me goosebumps. I'm like, I'm getting goosebumps right now just talking about it. Like, it like, just like, oh my God, that is so awesome. And, you know, with a hero like that, this, this... This hero is for sure playing tropes with Captain America, Superman, all of the number one heroes that we know here in America mm-hmm. so to have him do these speeches is very like Americanized, but at the same time it's just like oh, this is so awesome like i I can't not love this, you know,
2: yeah, it gets so, your body just it, your entire body gets tense it's That that just gets you amped, I love it.
0: Oh yeah. It gets you so amped. And this part right here is another part where I got super emotional. So all that happens and even Deku has or or Bakugo has words with Deku saying, Hey, you quirkless nerd, I didn't need any saving. Don't try to do that again. I don't need your help. And he's just angry all the time. Always angry. Like you know vegeta you know and over the years vegeta has gotten like very mellow and he's like a little bit more like chilled out but he's still stern i don't know because i haven't read the rest of the manga but i just feel like deku will always be angry like at all times like i can just picture you know him in the future you know, having some sort of relationship with anybody and just like be always being angry. There's no matter what, he is always, always angry. And it makes me laugh. It always makes me laugh just because of the way they draw him, the way he reacts to things. Always awesome. But, uh, you know, he tells Deku that. And all of a sudden, All Might comes in out of nowhere. And he has this big, long speech. And out of nowhere... Deku just, like, starts to, like, clench his stomach. Tears are coming down his face. You know, it's getting super emotional at this moment. And he's remembering the words of his mom from back in the day. You know, back when he was a child, he would watch this one thing, this one video online of All Might rescuing, like, a thousand people in, like, ten minutes or something. Yep. And his mom, after they go visit the doctor you know, uh, Deku's watching this video again with tears rolling down his face and she says, Mom, do you think I could do that? I want to be a hero too. Even though he knows he's quirkless at this point. And his mom said, I'm so sorry, Deku. I'm so, so sorry. Or calls calls him Midoriya because Deku is the mean name that that Bakugo calls him. Hmm. Uh, And he says in his mind while All Might is talking to him, Mom, those weren't the words I was looking for. The words I was looking for are... And then All Might says, you can be a hero too. And dude, I lost it. I lost it. Every single time I watch this episode, I lose it. It is so emotional. It gets me so amped up. And I I couldn't find the actual phrasing of it. But apparently there is an actual term for the feeling that you get when moments like that happen. Uh, I saw an article about it once Wonder Woman came out. You know, that one moment where she's walking on uh, No Man's Land Mm -hmm. with the bullets and everything. And there was an actual article about it. I need to try to find it again. But there's an actual, like, term for what it is that makes you feel like that. And I get that every single time I read this part of the manga. And every single time I watch that episode, gets me like, oh, man, I feel for you, man. I feel for you. I know this is it. You're finally going to be a hero, and it's going to be
2: awesome. Oh, my God. It
0: is. But... At this point, in, in, the, in the anime, I'm not sure it says right here, oh, it does say it right here. At the very end of this first chapter in Volume 1, Deku says, oh, and by the way, this is the story of how I became the greatest hero. When I read that, when I heard that in the anime, I'm like, what? Like, what is this? What is going
2: on? That is one of the greatest, like, teasers, like, at the beginning of, like, the best hooks at the beginning of, like, a pilot episode of any show I've ever watched, probably. Oh, yeah, you know, because
0: of the way this character is from the start and even to the finish, there is nothing good going for him at all. Nothing whatsoever. And let me say, you know, I did get emotional at that point where he ran in to save Bakugo. But at the same time, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You have no power. You're going to die. Like, just, you're, you're going to have another hero save you, and you're just going to get hounded by either your mother or these heroes or whatever. But that's the one thing that uh, All Might tells him. He said that the one thing that all real heroes have is that moment in their life That no matter what the situation is, their body moved before they could think. They jumped into action before anybody else. And that's who Deku is at the bottom of his soul, of his heart, of his being. That's who Deku is. He is born to be a hero, but has no powers. And you slowly start to realize this throughout the entire anime, throughout the entire manga... And it shows in ways that not only because he loves All Might so much, but that's truly just who he is as a, as a human, as a person, you know? So this is when we learn about his power all for, or all no, 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 one for all. Sorry. One for all. And Jake, tell us a little bit more about what, uh, one for all is.
2: Um... Okay, so this is going to be – this is where it gets a little tricky. This is actually where I, I goofed up and spoiled a little bit for my brother-in-law. So because there is – it is such a mystery still, even to where I'm at in the manga. All for one it is this – excuse me, one for all. See, I do that too. I get them mixed up all the time. It's- yeah.
0: yeah, so let me just explain this also. This is a slight spoiler for – the people who haven't seen this show or haven't read the manga there are two separate powers called one for all and all for one uh and just a quick spoiler all for one ends up being the power that a villain has but all uh one for all is what all might has so there we go yeah I just got to put it that way
2: yeah i just got to think about like which one's like more greedy and which one's more of the <laughs> giving um yeah. so anyways one for all, is the power that is actually, uh, All Might explains to Deku, is a quirk that is passed down through generations, or not through generations, excuse me, but through successors. Um, And he explains to it as uh, almost like it's something that's being refined and sharpened as it's passed down through each successor. Um, And it's evolving. So you know, it's Not exactly the same as from when we see All Might have it from when he passes it to uh, Midoriya. um, It's a little different. And, you know, he's obviously, it explains a little bit on, and I think the next chapter as he starts to train himself, um, that his body isn't used to it yet. So it's going to take him a while to get a full grasp, or at least even a small grasp on this quirk because it's, you know, at, As you explained, also too, kids are born with quirks. Uh, Midoriya wasn't, and he's about fifteen at the time. So, while these other uh, children are, you know, grow up learning their quirks and how to, you know, manifest them through their bodies, he's kind of just taking it and, you know, going zero to sixty, taking the keys to a car and just driving. (laughs) Um, So he's kind of just trying to learn how to control it as he's at the same time trying to enter uh, UA, the Hero Academy. So it's very interesting. So.
0: This, this power, when I first learned about it, you know, watching the anime, it was very interesting to me to have the ability to pass down a power or a quirk from generation to generation. And like you said, adapt it every single time somebody takes hold of it. And even Midoriya felt the same way. Cause he just like he has these small moments where he just mutters to himself at like ninety <laughs> miles a second. He's just like and the really funny thing about the even in the manga is that you see it in very tiny text and it just keeps going and 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 you're just like oh my gosh <laughs> this this kid just never stops he is crazy about. These heroes and and you know just think he he's always thinking about these heroes, which I love about him. It makes him very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Wholesome, very uh, very wholesome towards the fandom of heroes. And so he's he's even saving saying this when uh, All Might is telling him he's like, you know, the the thought of what All Might's power was is something that people are still trying to figure out every single day. Uh, there's new threads online that are always guessing and all this stuff. And he's like, just the idea that quirks can be passed down changes the entire thing. And, and he keeps going. And it's like, okay, stop, please. Let, let me just explain to this. <laughs> let me just explain and then you'll get it and then we're good. And he does explain. He says, okay, this power was passed down to me and now I'm asking for you to receive it. You are worthy You can be a hero also. And Deku Midoriya says, you know, this is my favorite hero. And I've always wanted a quirk. How could I say no? And he says yes. And, and, you know, that's what starts his training. And it wasn't passed on to him immediately. Like you said, he had to train for it. And he trained for 10 months straight. And even at that point, Deku thought, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this. No way Am I going to be able to do this? And I love the humor that this book or this anime, you know, both has been able to put in this story. Because at the very start, uh, freaking All Might is taking pictures of him at the beginning of the 10 months as he's crying <laughs> and not able to really do anything. And he's just like this child that's just like, oh, no, I can't do this. You know, I'm I'm quirkless and I'm, I'm tired. And oh, my God, I can't push a freaking tire, you know. And at the end of the 10 months, I really like it. Even in the manga, you know, it was kind of noticeable in the anime. They couldn't really hide it all that well. But even in the manga, they were able to hide it very well. At the end of the 10 months, you know, you kind of see him a little bit toned. And you're like, okay, I can kind of see, you know, the muscle around his arm. But it shows him, like, facing forward. And you see, like, the six-pack abs. Shredded. shredded like defined chest and everything and I'm like oh my gosh this makes me want to work out and I'm one of the laziest person like that I know like holy crap this this inspires me gotta go
2: find a dirty beach bro
0: yeah for real dude I need to go find a dirty beach but dude let me just say there's no way in hell on any beach like I I know do you know what
2: did you ever see the boys on Amazon did you ever watch that That's one of the ones I'm still, like, I I haven't pushed myself to go ahead and get Amazon Prime to go ahead and do that, but I have not, no.
0: Okay, well, there is one scene where you see, like, a dirty-esque beach, but it was because of, like, an accident that happened near there, and I'm like, that is the dirtiest beach I have ever seen, but only in that show. I've never seen a beach in person be so dirty as it was in My Hero Academia, and I'm just like man, you know, I would have to go to an actual junkyard and try to clean that up to be able to get that kind of training. But in the story, he's finished with the training, like, literally hours before the exam. And All Might is just like, okay, eat this piece of hair. (laughs) And Deku's like, what? What?" He's like, you have to eat a piece of my dna in order to get my power thank god that's how he went about it yeah i know i was just like (laughs) he he even says he's like well i guess that's logical in some way so he (laughs) eats it and he goes to take this exam this is when you see for the first time ochaku you see ida for the first time and let me just say the very first time you see Ochaku, when deku is like all right i am taking my first steps into ua and he trips over his fur like his like his foot <laughs> the very first step and like the face he makes dude it is so freaking hilarious just like let me see if i can find it here i think it's in chapter 2 no wait, wait, wait. I think it's in chapter 3 actually. Let me take it to chapter 3. Yeah, chapter 3 and he it's like this hard look of determination, but he's not like he's not stammering on his face while he's falling and it just looks so funny. And it and he doesn't say it here in the manga, but in the anime as soon as he trips, he still has the same face and all you hear is internal internal dialogue said, "And I'm dead." and i do, i'm telling you the the comedy in this show in this anime is top notch i you know for somebody who whenever i watch anime i just try to watch like really badass anime like dragon ball like freaking uh uh hunter x hunter and uh vampire hunter d and like all these different things to have a show like this that is very comical very emotional, very badass at times, and to have this very wholesome high school feeling also is really, really cool. I really enjoyed that. Uh, It gives me a lot of vibes, and even the writer, he said that his inspiration for this book was heavily inspired by American comics, and to to be specific, I believe he he named out the X-Men, and this is very much A type of X-Men story, you know, the school, the students, the teachers, everything else like that. It is very X-Men-esque. But they do these uh, exams to see who can make it into UA. And I believe Deku says at some point that it's one out of every 300 gets into the school. And so I believe by the end of the exams, it's 30-something students that were split into 18 per class. I believe is what he said. But like I said, you meet Ochaku for the first time. You meet Ida for the first time. And it's a written exam that goes first. And then they do a field test. This is where you see for the first time what kind of power Deku has inherited. In the most badass, dangerous, and scary way possible. The exam, or the outside mock battle is what they ended up calling it is the fact that you go into this city that is basically inside UA. They have these, like, divided cities, which looks really, really cool. And they are supposed to fight these robots, these, like, giant mechs. And for everyone that you destroy, you get one point or two points. And then there's a fourth robot that is basically just for show, is very dangerous... And you are not supposed to engage. Every teacher says, hey, just run away. Just run away. Don't do anything else. Just run away. Well, that thing comes running along. Everybody freaks out. Deku is frozen in his tracks. Can't move whatsoever. And even Ida notices, like, what is this kid doing? He's just sitting here not doing anything. Like, how how can he even possibly wish to pass this test? And that's when Deku sees freaking uh, Ochaku stuck be- underneath some rubble. And once again, his fight or flight takes hold and immediately runs into action. And the thing that All Might told Deku was... When it comes time to use his power, he says... <laughs> What's he say? He says...
2: Clench your butt cheeks.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. He uh, says... Uh,
2: well, clench your butt cheeks. It's something else.
0: Hold on. I got it right here. He says, clench up your butt and let your heart cry out. Smash. And he jumps up, freaking 40 stories tall... Punches this robot square in the face, and the very next thing you see, his uh his he he's wearing he's wearing like a jogger's outfit, kind of like how, uh, it reminded me very much of Gohan when he like in Dragon Ball Super mm-hmm. where he that green uh like two piece suit? or whatever, yeah track suit yeah mm-hmm. Deku's wearing the exact same thing. One arm is completely, uh, shredded. The the sleeve is completely shredded and his arm is all bloody and stuff. You can see it a lot better in the anime. It's all like purple and black. And he, you learn in chapter 4 that in the air, his arm is broken from the punch and both of his legs are broken from the jump. This is explaining how powerful this... One for all really is, and when All Might was explaining to him before he even took the hair, you know, you know, he actually said this ten months ago, saying, "If I gave it to you now, because your body is so weak, your arms and legs would pop off." (laughs) And this is no better. Like he literally has his limbs broken and. I was watching it last night. You know, his limbs, as he's falling, they're just flailing in the wind. Like, his legs and everything is just flailing, and I'm just like, oh, God. Like, I feel like this show is just going to be, like, episodes of him about to die. That's what this entire show is going to be about. I don't know how I love this so much. What is going on? You know, those were my first reactions when I very first saw this show and read this manga. You know? And so he's he's explaining to himself, okay, you know, because he has that mind that can think quickly when it really matters. And so he says, okay, I have one good arm left. If I time it perfectly, I can smash the ground. and It'll break my fall, and I'm good to go. But I have to time it perfectly or else I'm dead is basically his thought process. And so he's getting to the ground. He's getting there, and he's ready. He's ready. He's ready. And then all of a sudden you just... (laughs) Ochaku freaking slaps him right in the face. And that's when you see her quirk for the very first time. Well, for the second time, technically. Zero gravity. Everything that she touches loses its self-gravity and can float for however long she wants it to. And then she releases it. And she releases it like right before he hits the ground. So... It's able to save him. And the test is over. Deku was not able to get any points whatsoever. While Ochaku had 20. Freaking Ida had 30 something. Freaking Bakugo had 60 something. You know. Because he was going all out. Destroying all the freaking robots. Every single (laughs) one that he could see. And you know. At this point you know. Ida is like, why did he do that? What is going on? He didn't have any points. And why would he? And he realizes. like, I think Ida is the first person to realize, holy crap. While we were out here fighting these villain robots, we forgot the number one rule of being a hero is to save people. And Ida was really quick to be like, man, this idiot, like out of all of us. The one that couldn't do anything out in the field, he knew what to do. And he, and Ida even says, like, if this wasn't a test, of course I would go help people. And that was the wrong mindset. It's, it doesn't matter whether it's a test or not. Being a hero is always being a hero. And you have to look out for others. And I love the people call them Saturday morning specials, but those lessons that these kids learn throughout these chapters, throughout this show, is helping them grow as humans, as heroes, and as classmates. And it's really, really awesome to see. And we see uh, Recovery Girl for the first time, Mm -hmm. creepy old lady (laughs) with the smoochum lips, Uh. and her power or her quirk is to basically... Uh, speed up somebody else's healing factor, and not to say a healing factor is like a power, but just like how if you were to cut you know your hand right now and put a band aid over it, realistically with the power of science and just how the human anatomy is, your own body white blood cells, red blood cells, they will help you know your body heal. That's, you know, that's how scabs are formed and everything else. So she just speeds that method up and is instantly able to fix Deku's arm and legs, like almost immediately. And we get a little bit of an insider with Deku, you know, when he is at his house kind of in a daze of like, oh, crap, I don't think I passed. I don't think I'm going to be a hero at UA. You know, all this stuff that All Might trained me for, it was all for nothing. But, uh, Jake, why don't you tell us about this? Uh, his, uh, what do they call it? The, the, uh, the letter. That he gets from All Might.
2: Yeah, so I actually I really love this part because, you know, we're sitting here along with Deku. We're sitting as the reader thinking that, you know, he didn't score any points. He, the one robot he defeated was a zero-point robot that they told him to avoid. You know, he, he didn't follow the rules, and he didn't score any points. You know, they said, you know, only a certain select few are going to make it in. So then he's sitting there at home with his bomb, and he receives this letter. He opens it up, and it's a, you know, a hologram, a projection from All Might. And he starts explaining how, you know, he knows he didn't get any points, but as soon as the exam ended, Ochako came to the teachers and wanted to give some of her points she earned, the battle points she earned, uh, defeating robots along the way uh, to Deku for saving him. And that's when they say, you know, we can't do that, but they were hiding the fact from the students that along with the battle points they earned, they were also secretly rewarding them rescue points. And along with the fact that Midoriya only earned zero battle points uh, due to the fact he fought the zero point robot, he earned 60 rescue points uh, by saving Ochako from that robot, um, giving him enough, putting him far beyond a majority of the students, and giving him enough points to earn his way into UA. um, With the end of the projection video from All Might telling him that he was accepted into UA. And, uh, along with the rest of the story, it was a, one of the most freaking emotional. I love it. Like at the end of each chapter, it's like an emotional moment that just gets your blood pump and it's great.
0: Oh yeah. And you know, I really love for the fact that, uh, I forgot his name. Uh, the DJ is his name. Uh, present Mike. Yes. So Mike, he told Ochaku, he's like, you know what? That's not, that's not necessary. He was able to get these points. But because of you being so humble, we're also going to award you even more points. Because she also technically rescued him. So they gave her an extra like 30 points for rescuing him as well. And I was just like, oh man, this is so sweet. Like, it's got my heart. (laughs) It's so awesome. But, uh, you know, he says, come now, Midoriya. This will be your hero academy or academia. And I'm just like, oh, man, this is going to be such an awesome show. This is so cool. You know, and this is his first day of school. You know, he is, uh, well, he, he meets freaking All Might on the beach. And they have this long discussion. All Might tells him, hey, I was not a judge. I... Uh, didn't do anything to get you into the school. This was all on your own. And All Might needed to tell him that to know, hey, I may have chosen you as as a successor, but I'm not pulling any punches. I am not pulling strings. You were doing this all on your own. You were a good hero, no matter how much you beat yourself up for it. And, you know, they were, like, he was explaining to him, Hey, you know, I kind of knew that was going to happen to your body, but I didn't have time to explain it to you, (laughs) so I'm sorry. And, you know, he explained to him that you just have to regulate the amount of power that you use. He's like, how did it make you feel? You know? And Deku tells him, it felt like an egg being put in a microwave. And then the, the egg exploding... And so, All Might was like, "Well, that's a really weird analogy, but let's play with it. You know, let's 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 take that, you know, uh, that image, and instead of making the egg explode, you know, lower the wattage or, you know, lower the time, you know, however you want to play with it, and just regulate how much power you're putting into those punches, into those kicks, into those jumps." And so Deku's like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. You know, first day of school, I can do this. And he goes in. and He's like, man, I really hope that Bakugo and that Ida guy are not in my class. I really <laughs> hope they're not in my class. And he opens the door. And the very first two people right next to the door are Ida and Bakugo going at it. You know, the nerdy school kid and the badass troublemaker just going at it. And even freaking Bakugo is like, oh, you're from that school. You're just some elitist trying to tell me that I can't do stuff because you're too good for it, blah blah blah. And he's like, What? No, that's not what I meant. I was just saying. Da-da-da-da. And I love how robotic Ida is. Because it's very much that one nerdy, you know, kiss teacher's ass pet. teach teacher's pet. Yes. But you soon learn in the show, in the manga, he is not exactly a te- like he's a teacher's pet, but he really wants to be a hero. And you also learn that Ida is actually a part of a family that is generations of basically the hero mantle being passed down to him. Uh, so I guess being the engine quirk is is something that his family has always been, uh, and so you'll learn about that a little bit more when you watch the show or the or read the manga. But, uh, you know, Baku goes very confused as of how, uh, Midoriya even got into the school and, you know, he tells them, he tells them, Hey, I was supposed to be the only one from this school to make it into UA, you know, and now you ruin that for me. Like, and Deku actually stands up to him and he says, somebody once told me that I can be a hero and I'm not just going to be your punching bag anymore. And Bakugo's like, holy crap, he stood up to me. Like, what? what is going on? My world is crumbling. <laughs> like, this this puny kid is no longer wanting to be the puny kid that I want him to be. And we get the first look at their teacher, which is... His name is...
2: Shoto Aizawa.
0: Aizawa. I know I know his hero name, but I couldn't remember his actual name. Aizawa Aizawa. And he gives them their gym clothes and, like, meet me outside. And they're doing these tests. And he says, hey, the world outside of school does not allow anybody with a quirk to use their quirks unless they're a hero. Technically, that's how it's supposed to go. And when you're in normal school, you're not allowed to use your quirk to better yourself with athletics or any, in any time of educative way. And Aizawa tells them that is unrealistic. You have a power. You're going to use it. And so he gives this, this ball to Bakugo and says, Hey, how much could you, how far could you throw it without using your quirk? And I think he says like 60 something meters. He's like, okay, well this time use, use it with your, you know, throw it with your quirk. And he throws it and he uses. He. How much is it? He is.
2: 700 something meters?
0: It is 705.2 meters. Yeah. yeah. And so. You know, everybody's like, holy crap, that was amazing! And da 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 da. And so you slowly start to see these different tests that they take. They do like a four. Forty meter dash. They do uh, I think they explain that they do uh whatchamacallit? Like uh, a long- lifting, like like weight lifting and then long jumps. Yeah, they do all these different tests. And Aizawa finally gets back to the th- ball throwing and he tells like Ochaku, oh, okay, throw it. And she throws it and it goes infinity <laughs> because it has zero gravity and it like the little measurement actually says infinity. And they're like, holy crap, is that even possible? Like, what is going on? And then it's Midoriya's turn. You know, I I love that even, like, later on, you see Ida call Ochaku Infinity Girl. And I'm just like, oh, that would be such a cool name for her. Uh, But they, uh, it gets to Midoriya's turn. And he's about to throw the ball. And as soon as he throws the ball, it just goes, like, a couple feet in front of him. And he's like... (laughs) I was using my quirk, what in the hell is going on? And he notices that Aizawa is the hero eraser head. And without blinking, he can erase a quirk. But if he blinks, the quirk comes back. And Aizawa tells him, like, hey, I saw what you did during the mock battle. You are not used to this quirk. This quirk is destroying your body, and I will not have a reckless hero in my class. If you choose to do this and become, you know, a, what does he say, a a hassle for the other students, you know, if you become just another, you know, bystander that needs to be saved, you are going to be worthless as a hero. So damn, pick up the Yeah. Like super ruthless, man. Like, (laughs) holy shit. Like one thing that I forgot to say is he tells these students at the very beginning of all these tests, Hey, we're going to do these tests. And the last person, like the, the person who does the worst out of all these tests will be expelled and they will not be a part of this class. They will not be a part of this school. And so that's what freaks everyone out. And they're like, holy crap. And we even get a small little cut in with All Might looking into Aizawa and his, you know, tactics as a teacher. And a small little note right next to Aizawa says that he expelled a total of 156 students at his time at UA. And I was like, holy crap, this guy is not messing around. Freaking somebody is about to get expelled. And I didn't know that Midoriya was going to suck so much in these <laughs> other field tests. You know? And But that's just who his character is. Even with all the training and everything, he is still a scrawny dude. He's not, you know... And he even tells himself throughout the whole thing. Like, I can't regulate this power yet. I don't know how. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. So... Aizawa tells him, I'm go ahead and grab the ball again. And internally, Aizawa is like, is he gonna do this? Is he gonna break his arm again? And I'm gonna have to expel him? Or, you know, is he just gonna throw it without his quirk and I'm still gonna expel him? You know, basically is, is how he thinks about it. And once again, this is one of those moments that you're just like, come on, Deku, come on, Deku, come on, and you're just rooting for this character, man. You're getting so pumped, you're like, you, 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 I know you can do it, man. I know you can do it. And it zooms in all the way up to his finger seconds before he releases the ball. And you see all of this, like, sparkling power into this finger. And he freaking launches it all the way. And he gets a score of 705.3. Now, if you remember freaking Bakugo got 705.2, and while freaking Aizawa was talking to Midoriya, he was talking to him up close, so not all the students could hear, and so Ida was like, man, I wonder what, you know, he was telling, you know, Midoriya, you know, and Bakugo's like, oh, probably that he's a quirkless piece of crap, and he shouldn't be here, and Ito was like, What are you talking about? Did you not see what happened at the at the mock battle? So when Deku launches this ball, Bakugo's brain basically explodes and like what <laughs> the hell? And he even like Deku says to Aizawa, I can still move. I'm not I'm not hurt even though he broke his finger, he's just, like, hiding it, and he's like, okay, I'm good to go, let's, let's do this, and even Aizawa's like, oh, man, this kid, man, this, this is gonna be one hell of a ride, you know, kind of thing, and, at this point, freaking, what's his name, uh, uh, freaking, uh, Bakugo is like, what in the, ever-living hell was that like who does Deku think he is has he been mocking me this entire time hiding this quirk for 15 freaking years what the hell and he even like confronts him and like tries to like attack him he's like Deku I'm gonna kill you for hiding that what did you, you you know and he's getting all flustered freaking Aizawa gets a hold of him with his freaking uh, scarf or whatever and tells him, you need to calm down. You know, he did it fair and square, or whatever. So, he does that. Chapter 7? Yeah, so, you know, he's he's telling him, like, y'all need to relax. And at the end, he's like, okay, here's all the results. And you see all the names, all the names, and at the very bottom... Deku, Midoriya, and you're like, oh no, he's going to freaking fail, he's going to get expelled, how is he going to be a hero, like, I thought this was the story about how he became the greatest hero, what is going on, and then all of a sudden, Aizawa was like, oh, and about that whole thing about me expelling somebody, I totally lied, bye now, Uh, and you're like, oh god, it's funny, I know, for real, but at the same time, even All Might goes up to Aizawa and is like, Who are you kidding here? I just read your file. I know you. Last year, you expelled an entire class. <laughs> an entire class just because you didn't like them. Is it because you have the same kind of hope for Midoriya that I do? And I was like, uh, what do you mean as you do? Do, have you been watching this kid? Are you are you have you been in his corner the entire time? And then you know, All Might's like, oh uh, no, of course not. You know, I just I just thought you know I was watching, and you know, he seemed like a pretty cool kid. You know, you know, <laughs> kind of plant trying to play it off. And they uh, Deku goes to uh, Recovery Girl, and Recovery Girl explains her power. You know, is able to help him uh, because he realizes, man, I'm really tired. And she says. Well, that's because I'm using your own healing factor to fix your bones. And she says, if this happens too many times, you are going to die. Like, you, your body cannot handle this many breaks, this many whatever. And so he's like, holy crap, then I really need to regulate my power. I need to learn how to do this quickly. So that way I'm not such a, you know, hindrance towards everybody else. And the very next day of school, you see All Might is going to teach them some battle tactics. But before that, they get their costumes. And that is right when Volume
2: 1 ends. With the greatest, like, I mean, I read it on the phone, but it's probably one of the greatest, you know. Splash uh, pages? Yes, thank you. I was trying to say spread pages. I knew that was wrong. One of the greatest splash pages. Splash pages. Yeah, tongue twister. <laughs> um, but I mean, that shot where they're all walking out in their costumes, and then you get the little side panel you, of yeah, Deku. Yeah, you get
0: a small glimpse of what Deku's costume looks like. And we will get to that eventually if you ever come back to the show. But since we've talked about the entire volume, when you Because I'm sure you, like you said, you watched this show beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then you came back to read the manga. So... I guess your experience with this was first in the anime, mm-hmm. so let's go ahead and talk about that. Your feelings up to this point on the show, what did you feel?
2: Um, one of the first things that really you know caught my eye, and it was pointed out to me too, was you know the similarities between the relationship between Midoriya and Bakugo. And Goku and Vegeta, you know, growing up watching Dragon Ball, like we mentioned beforehand, you know, we have get the the main character who's very naive and with, the, you know, very sincere heart. Uh, you know, Deku is very similar to Goku's character. And then yes. we get his rival who comes in the form of a complete asshole uh, who just wants to be the best, to be better than everybody else, doesn't care about anybody other than himself, and winning. And that's Bakugou, that is, very similar to Vegeta.
0: That is very much Vegeta, yeah. And it, it, it is even better when you get to hear a little bit of Vegeta's voice coming from All Might. Now I've I've learned to differentiate his like his true form compared to his like superhero form. And I have to say his true form is more like Vegeta and his All Might form sounds a little bit more like Piccolo but totally okay. I just love Chris Sabat as a freaking voice actor. Uh, like just the voice that he gave all Might, is just like, Oh, this is so awesome. Like this is very like classic freaking golden age hero banter. And it just, it warms your heart, dude. It really, really does.
2: I know he's got that bass to his voice when he, you know, when he speaks in that, when he's, I am here. And he just has that, yes! the perfect, uh, the perfect, like you mentioned, he's got the, uh, you know, it's like a mix between Captain America and Superman. You need to get all these American hero cliches, uh, but at the same time, it, it's in a comedic way that makes him so unique in his own character, and uh, great, just amazing. He's my favorite character of the show and the series.
0: I, I definitely think that he is as well, um, because for somebody who, when you first watch the show, you think that he was born into greatness and then realize, oh, he is exactly like Deku. Like he is Deku, but with more experience with, a, with being a hero, you learn that All Might has a very complicated past once you learn a little bit more about the show, a little bit more about the manga. And he has the same kind of hardships that everybody else has. Like, especially with this hole, basically, in his chest that is preventing him from, you know, being 100%. He even says that he can only be a hero for three hours of the day. And then he has to just live a normal life like everybody else. And to know that, like, to know that the biggest hero of all time in this universe is just like you and me. Like, that is like, whoa. Like, you actually learn something from that. And it's not just like this cookie-cutter best hero doesn't have any form of dimensions to him. No, he's he's actually a complicated character that has a really cool background. So I really, really enjoyed that about the character. Um, out of the characters that you learned from in this first volume, who would you say is your favorite character? Would you say it was All Might?
2: Um... You know, out of this first volume, I'd have to go with Deku just to kind of see the beginning of his journey and how he starts off as, like you mentioned, just this kind of quirkless fanboy, Um, was kind of in a hopeless situation to see him kind of start this uphill battle. Uh, You really got to admire that and his determination um, to overcome everything from the moment he rushes at the villain without any powers to the end of the volume when he's figuring out how to use his abilities without damaging himself too much uh, i'd have to go with him as my favorite character in the first volume based off that
0: yeah for sure you know like i said in the very beginning of this episode you know i am literally a real life version of deku without (laughs) any powers a super fanboy about all these american comics and you know, I, I like immediately gravitated towards this character, you know, when he was explaining, oh, I've always wanted to do this and I always wanted to do that. And, you know, I watched videos of my favorite hero hours on end. And even his mother was like, man, you have to be the one to get this video to a million views alone. You know, you watch this <laughs> video so much. And that is totally me. That is totally me. You know, I watch a freaking Man of Steel trailer number two at least four like four or five times a year. You know, I won't go as far as saying, Oh yeah, I watch it like seven times a week. I don't do that. But whenever I'm reminded, God, I want to see that trailer again. You know, I will watch that trailer and watch that trailer and watch that trailer. But you know, with, with that, who would you say was your least favorite character in this
2: first volume? Uh, Oof, this is actually a surprise. Um, I actually reminded me rereading this first volume because I actually he actually turns out to be one of my favorite characters where we're at now in the show, um, and I actually have a freaking T-shirt of him. But that's Um Aizawa Sensei Eraserhead, uh, and he yeah. was a total asshole in this volume. I mean, you see him, <laughs> kind of just really. I mean, All Might kind of explains he looks down on heroes who are you know shown in the limelight. Um, he thinks it's a hindrance on their jobs uh which you know I could kind of get where he's coming from and but he just has a real issue with deku and he just turns out to be such a, a real big asshole in the first volume but <laughs> you know he does he does turn around like i mentioned he turns out to be one of my favorites so uh yeah
0: oh yeah i think for me personally uh i really started to like Aizawa, i think near the it, like there was some really cool moments in season 1 and 2 of the show But season three, when they're at that camp,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: was, and and I'll just say that so that way a lot of people don't get spoiled if they haven't seen it. But at the very beginning of that season, when they're at the camp, that's when I was like, oh, man, this guy's a freaking badass. But uh, for me, I would think that my least favorite character, just because he was kind of that, like we said, brown noser, (laughs) freaking stick up his ass, teacher's pet. I didn't like how Ida was in the very beginning of this uh, this book, just because you know when we first see him, he stops the entire presentation that Mike is getting. He's like, "Hey, you have only told us about three of these robots when there's a fourth one right here, and if this is a." you know, a document from one of the top schools in Japan, this is very unprofessional, and just, like, like, demanding all these things, as not even a, like, actual student of the school yet, and he even's like, and you, with the curly hair, you've been muttering this entire time, either shut up, or get out, you know, kind of thing, and I'm just like,
2: yeah, who is damn. this guy?
0: Like, who is this motherfucker? Like, like, <laughs> sit down. You haven't even been enrolled in this school yet, and you're in here demanding things. Like, uh. Jesus, man. And even like when uh, Midoriya is going to say hi to Ochaku, Ida like stops him and is like, "Hey, she looks like she's about to prepare for the test, so you just don't need to bother." You know, her. What are you planning like,
2: on interrupting her? I was like,
0: "Yeah," I was like, "Bro." Like, he was just saying, hi. <laughs> take, t- take the stick out of your ass, please. Like, jeez. But, but later on, like, even Deku learns that he is not just some hard ass. He is actually just wants to be a good student. And even when you learn later on, you know, who this character is, who Ida is. Like, there is an arc. the uh The arc that we were talking about before... Uh, we even started recording with the uh, Hero Slayer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That whole battle in the alleyway. I'll just say that. That is what made me like Ida even more. Like that whole situation of how he got into it and what he did. Like that made me really love that character. So these characters that we are don't really like in the beginning of the story. I think every character has that moment. That's like, okay, he is definitely a cool guy, you know, or definitely a cool person. So special to this, you know, story of My Hero Academia, I have to ask two questions. One question being, which is your favorite quirk from this volume?
2: Oh, from this volume. Uh Okay, yeah, because all my favorite quirks, you know, there's so many that come later on, but uh, stick into this so, volume. N-
0: yeah, so sticking to this volume, of course, we see a little bit of All Might's power. We see Bakugo's power. We see Mike's power, which is basically just vocals. We see Eraser Heads, We see Ochaku's. We see Ida's. And then we also see... Uh, the naval laser—I forget who his name is.
2: Uh, <laughs> Aoyama, Aoyama. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, Aoyama's naval laser. Uh, but that's really it, I think. I don't think we see a yeah. whole lot. And then, and then, of course, Recovery Girl. Oh,
2: yeah yeah. Um, you know, I'll probably have to go with Bakugo's explosive quirk. Um, mm-hmm. That's just always something. Just the fact that it's you know the destructive force behind it would be something that would be. Probably one of my favorite quirks to have. Um, all for one would be awesome too, um, or one for all. Excuse me. See. <laughs> um, yeah, you know,
0: it, you know, it's really cool because later on, and I'm just gonna say this uh, because there's just no hiding this for spoilers. Uh, all might eventually says that he was going to be looking because I think he actually says it here in the in this first volume that he was eventually becoming a teacher to find a successor at UA. Yes. And uh, Midoriya even says, like, oh, wow, you know, he was going to look for somebody who was actually experienced with a quirk. So I was very interested into thinking later on, after you read some of these uh, chapters a little bit more and watch the show a little bit more, like, who do you think from that Class 1A... Would be the best choice other than Midoriya. Mm-hmm. To
2: receive, uh, one for all. Uh, honestly, it, I hate saying it, but I'd probably say uh, Ida, just because he he uh, he has that kind of ju- like the judgment call that you know the, the good sense of judgment, and his quirk is more of a rescue quirk. It doesn't have the battle abilities mm-hmm. so something like um, one for all would be a I think it would be a good addition to his quirk
0: I was thinking the exact same thing uh, just because of the way he holds himself the way he holds the class uh, I thought if Midoriya wasn't there at that time you know in the very beginning of this volume that eventually all might probably would have made his way towards uh, talking to Ida about this quirk. Um, but my second question, from when I was first saying one and two, my second question would be, if you could have a quirk, what quirk would it be? Not holding yourself to this first volume, but any quirk, regardless of if we've seen it or not, or if you've just thought about this. Because everybody has that question, oh, what power would you rather have, or, you know, from from the Americanized uh, superheroes and comic books, but What quirk do you think you would have if you were in the world of My Hero Academia?
2: Ooh. um, Man, I got to think of his name. Um, Because this is something... uh, Okay. The guy with the brainwashing quirk at the... And I think he comes in Season 3. He's from Class 1B, I believe. Um he's got the purplish hair. um he speaks oh, yeah. I forget his name. Um, something similar to that would be pretty cool. I don't like I, I I feel like it's got a lot of drawbacks being that you know you've gotta hear it and you can pretty much just wear earplugs and be okay. Um, mm-hmm. but I feel like something like a almost like a mental like I've always I feel like that would be a easy way to get through life without having to like be a villain. And like, I don't know, I, I'd be lazy about it. But at the same time, you could do, you know, you could do good at the same time. A quirk like that.
0: You know, I, I always thought that uh, i I said it in the Slack when you first asked me the question of, like, whose quirk do you like more? Or like, what was your favorite quirk is the one question that you asked me. But uh, I said, Two quirks that I really enjoyed from the show uh, was Momos, which is the power of creation. And uh, I also liked uh, the lightning. I forgot his name. Kaminari. Uh, Kaminari, yes. I really love electricity. Uh, And one thing that I (laughs) noticed uh, in the... uh, Season 4 premiere, which we're going to be talking about a little bit later, Uh, so there are going to be spoilers later on, but uh, just one small spoiler, Uh, at the very beginning of Season 4, there's a shot of uh, Kaminari, like, holding something, and somebody actually took a screenshot, and it, it, it ended up showing that he was holding phone chargers, and he was charging everybody's phone with his electricity, and I thought that was really, really funny, but honestly you learn later on that he can't really do any like super mega attack or he can't really go past a certain voltage or he goes like, Oh, literally fries his brain. Yeah. Basically fries his brain. And it's so funny when he does it in the freaking show, but you know, I thought that would be really, really cool. But just thinking of one off the top of my head, not necessarily one from the show. um, I would really enjoy the, like, see, it's a really hard question because, like, everybody always gives you the choice, you know, when talking about, oh, what would you rather have, super speed or flight, you know? Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, well, I, w- I would love to fly, you know? But this is so different because when you think of a quirk, it's not just a superpower, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, you know, a, another small spoiler from season four, a guy has cameras inside of his body
2: And a printer
0: that comes out of, like, he can print his pictures out of his chest. Like, that is not a power that anybody would ever think of. Like, I'm sorry. That's just not like, oh, I want a thousand cameras inside my body. Like, okay, you know? And so you really have to think about it. What kind of power would you really, really like? And for me, I would love to be a mimic. Like, I would love to be able to mimic other powers. And I'm not sure if there's been that in the show yet, I feel like there might be coming up. I'm yeah. You, you're stay already stay tuned you're, to season
2: four. Stick around for season four. You're already
0: <laughs> smiling, so so I'm really excited to see that kind of thing. Uh, I thought it would be really cool because you know, in the instance of one for all, you know, what does that entail? You know, like, am I going to get the same kind of power that Deku has? Am I going to get the same kind of power? that all might has, am I going to get the same kind of power that he had before that, you know, with their other successors. So like the, with that power in particular, it could be endless, but to also be able to kind of steal somebody's, uh, quirk and use it against them would be kind of cool. So that would be my choice overall. But one question that I ask everybody, Oh, and I actually didn't ask you this when, when, talking about uh, blackest night, but I will ask you here if you were at a comic shop, you have your own local comic shop you talked about it last time
1: mm-hmm.
0: if you came to a if you went to your comic shop you asked you know the guy at the desk, hey you know just give me my usual stuff you grab it and then you overhear somebody ask, hey, I'm really looking into mangas which one should I get? You have 10 minutes, or not realistically 10 minutes, because that would just be a really long pitch, but you have (laughs) just a short amount of time to convince this person, oh, you 100% need to pick up Volume 1 of My Hero Academia. How would you do it?
2: Okay, well, they're at a comic store, so they're obviously into the superhero trope. Um, I would tell, you know, it's obviously... A very different and unique take on superpowered society, um, in a way that you wouldn't see in American comics, if that makes sense. Um, the way they kind of go about the, like you kind of mentioned, not just superpowers, but like the guy with the cameras, uh, for example. One of the main characters, uh, it's not that he just creates explosions; he sweats nitroglycerin. He, you know, so it, it, he, you know, pretty much an excretes an explosive material that's able to, you know, create these explosions off the contact of this body. Just the way they're able to kind of be unique with the superpowers, and they tackle it in a way that I would never, you will know, think would be, you know, that one, one way I just never would have thought of. Uh, very unique mm-hmm. and. I, It's just, you know, if you're into the, you know, everyday American uh, comic book superheroes um, then and you enjoy manga, it's pretty much that with a little... It's pretty much a combination of the best of both worlds. I mean, I'm going on rambling here, but the the best (laughs) of both worlds would probably be the quickest pitch. Um, And it's humorous as well. And it's serious and it's got a perfect amount of humor.
0: Nice. Yeah, you know... With me, I used to work at a comic book shop, and so m- although my general manager and the owner of the store told me, hey, we don't give rewards for, like, who sells the most comics or who gets the most subscriptions for our comic shop, for me, as a comic book professional is the title that they gave me, <laughs> I needed to be able to sell comics, and so To come up with those pitches, you know, somebody comes up to me and was like, hey, I just saw the last Avengers movie and I really like this character. What should I read? And then I'll be like, "Okay, well, you like Iron Man. You need to go with, you know, the uh, one story that I think you should list uh, or read is the first Civil War. You know, that is something controversial between people who love heroes and, you know, hate certain stories. You know, it can go both sides on Civil War. But check out Civil War. I would also tell you to check out some of the older stuff and kind of get a feel of classic Iron Man. And then try out Dan Slot's newer stuff because it just recently started. You know, kind of, t- you know, something like that. And so I really love when people that are passionate about a certain book, about a certain story, really talk about it. And, you know, perfect pitch. I love that pitch. You know, it's something that I would definitely tell People, if they are like, hey, I'm looking for superheroes but don't necessarily want to go with Marvel or DC, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to show you something completely different. You're going to have to read it backwards, but <laughs> check out this manga here, you know? And I love on the app that if you attempt to read it the other way, it's like, oh, you're reading this wrong. Yep. You need to read it this way. Yep. But
2: And it has a perfect little diagram, you know, one, two, three, yeah. four.
0: I will say I haven't read mangas in quite some time, so seeing that actually really helped. You know, (laughs) because I was reading, I think, the very first chapter, and I was like, this dialogue sounds weird reading it this way. And then I was like, okay, so you go with here, 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 and here. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. But, you know, I I love My Hero Academia. I love the show. Um, It is slowly becoming, you know, we had this discussion months ago about... What would you say is the number one anime right now? And as much as I love Dragon Ball Super, Dragon Ball, uh, Dragon Ball in itself will always be my number one. Agreed. My Hero Academia is a huge competitor. Like I, I love a lot of anime that's going on right now. I enjoyed uh, One Punch Man season two was eh, but I still love it. Uh, I enjoy. Oh, I, I. People have been telling me to watch and read dr stone uh so i'm trying to get into that but my hero academia it has heart it has comedy um it has really emotional and badass you know scenes and and just just amazing amazing music as well i think i listen to uh my hero academia playlist on spotify at least once every week it gives me so pumped and i'm just like yes this is so awesome um i even have the uh i don't own any of the seasons but i do own the movie so every once in a while i'll pop that in and i love that in fight scene absolutely amazing uh but yeah man it was so fun talking to you about the book let's go on i am giving people five seconds ready five four three two one all right we're gonna talk spoilers over season four, Woo! first two episodes, holy crap. I will say first episode was a lot of recap. The second episode is really where it's at.
2: Oh my god, 100%. So,
0: dude, when I saw Overhaul, like, you you saw at the end of season three that Overhaul was going to be this big presence, you know, with his little gang that he had at the very end of season three. Seeing him... With Twice. Going into that little warehouse. And I was like oh crap. Something's going to happen. There's going to be trouble. What's going on? How how is this going to go? You know? And when you see what his quirk is. Holy shit. Dude my jaw dropped so freaking fast. When he just exploded the dude. And they actually showed all of the fucking blood just spewing everywhere. Oh, I was like holy shit, freaking blood, man. Dude, I I I was not expecting that from this show. I understood that with okay, you know, because we're talking about season 4, we're wide open to talk about the past seasons. When we saw the Hero Slayer and saw how bloodlust he was and actually saw him stab people and you saw him Like drinking blood and stuff, I thought that was as far as this show would go. But to actually show an entire body literally combust and just blood was spewing everywhere. Holy shit, dude.
2: Oh my God. And if you thought that was just a taste, it is going to get so much darker in this season, I promise you. I'm not going to say anything else, but that was... Just a taste. Oh
0: gosh. I think that was really the highlight of this of this, you know, episode too. But, you know, we get a small glimpse of what the heroes are up to at the dorms. You know, it's still a very big thing that they have to live in the dorms and not with their parents because at this point these heroes are known. These kids are known and it's very what's the word? It's very unsafe for them to be living at home and they want to be, you know, in the safety of UA. Is really what they they want to do and they want to train them in a way to be able to really protect themselves and that's why you have those uh the Trinity from the school as you saw at the very end of season 3 and I'm just like, "Oh man, like I cannot wait for Saturday. I'm working Saturday, but I work at a job that literally has me unsupervised on Saturday." <laughs> and so while I'm doing all these readings, there's going to be a good 30 minutes between some sort of reading and some sort of oil change or whatever that I'm just going to be able to sit back and watch this episode. I am so pumped. I am so pumped for this show. So pumped for this season, dude. Like, wh- What did you think with the, of course, at this point, you have read majority of the manga, correct? Oh, I'm what chapter? 100%
2: caught up. Uh, I think oh, so like you're just waiting? Late... Yeah, I, I read it every Sunday when it gets uploaded on Shonen Jump. I have like five manga that I just read every Sunday. Uh, My Hero is one of the weekly ones. So I think we're on like Holy the late 240s. Dude, I... So, So yeah, so I'm looking at the app right now.
0: We're on 247. Yeah. So I was reading this the other night, like I told you, and I'm like, okay, I need to catch up. I am on chapter 11, and I'm like, holy shit, okay. So I'm trying to do math. I'm like, okay, what's the fastest that I can read this? And so I was like, okay, there's 247 chapters. If I read this many per day, I can finish within this time. And I was like, I was like, okay, I just need to read 10 per day. And I'm like, holy shit, I cannot do that. I Like, I have a job. I have a life. There's no way I can read 10 chapters a day. So I'm like, okay, let's do it a little bit more realistic. Let's do four. Okay, reading 4 chapters a day, I can read one during, you know, right when I wake up, maybe two during work and then another one before I go to sleep. So, 247 divided by 4, I'll finish in 2 months. <laughs> but the only oh. problem is, the only problem is every Sunday there's another chapter. <laughs> so in so that's 8 chapters that I'm just like, shit, okay, 4 and then At that point, I can, you know, finish the last eight chapters in two days, but then I have to be, okay, every Sunday I have to come to this app and remember to read it, otherwise I'm going to get behind again, and before you know it, freaking I'm behind a hundred freaking chapters, I'm like, shit, I have to do it all over again, you know? Oh my god. So, I want to thank you so much for giving me the encouragement to do this app, and for anybody who's still listening to this, I know we're about an hour and thirty minutes in, and Woo! they're just like, "Okay, I, I heard about <laughs> you know the volume. I don't want to hear about any of this crap. Signing off now. Whatever." If you're still listening to this, thank you for still listening. I want to recommend that you purchase this app. It is two ninety nine a month. I think one ninety nine. Right? It is one ninety nine a month. Now, with my phone company. Uh, I have the ability to attach that and ninety nine to my actual phone bill. So I don't have to take it out of my bank account every single month exactly. I can just pay it with my phone bill. And for me personally, I really hate having my information at like 16 different spots. And it's really easy. If it's If it's easier for me to just pay one bill with a whole bunch of stuff attached to it, that would be great. And so that's what I do a lot with my phone. So I'm pretty sure my phone bill would be super cheap. But because I do that with freaking Marvel Unlimited, I do that with uh, DC Universe, I now do that with Show & Jump. I believe I'm going to be doing that with Amazon once I get that back again. So it's like, oh, my phone bill could be under 200 but I'm going to make it even more expensive. But it's all, like I said, if I could... If I could literally tell the government and just, like, every business, hey, put all of my bills into one bill, and I'll pay it, like, you know, at the beginning of the month or at the end mm-hmm. of the month, that would be a lot easier. Just pay <laughs> one person for everything, and I'm good to go. Like, it's it's that easy. Like, come on, people. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. So, <laughs> you know, watching, watching this season, you know, You see overhaul, and that's what the episode is called. It's called overhaul. And so you're like, okay, what can this guy do? You see him freaking explode. What's his name? He rips off the arm of the magician dude that turned Bakugo into a marble last season. And so you're like, holy crap, this guy is not messing around. And he straight up tells them, he's like, hey, I am looking for leadership here. And I'm not looking for somebody else to be a leader. I'm looking for me to be the leader. So once you guys are ready to follow me, y'all come find me. And I was like, God damn, this dude's a badass. Like, he came into a room filled with villains and was like, yeah, I'm your new guy. I- I'm the new leader here. Like, y'all need to just bow down to me. Because he even says, he's like, hey, I don't know who that guy was fighting All Might. But he's donezo. He he got he got captured. He's not doing anything for now. Like he's just a piece of crap. He's he's nobody. Anybody should be worshiping. I'm the guy you need. You know. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh shit! Like this guy, because wasn't he somehow attached to like the uh, yakuza? Yeah,
2: yeah. They were. Yeah, they they call themselves members of the yakuza. The the she the Shai uh, Sakai, I think that's their what their official group is named. The Shiei Hasekai. Uh-huh. Uh, but they are like a, a offshoot of the Yakuza. Nice. Yeah, dude. Like, So,
0: without too many spoilers, like, give us a small glimpse of what can we expect from Overhaul. What can we expect from Deku from this season? Because from what we now know from the first episode, we see that uh the reporter now knows oh he deku is the successor to all might because he told deku when he was like at the dorms doing the interviews and taking all the pictures he said hey that one you know broadcasting of when all might retired he said you're next like that wasn't talking about the villains that was talking about a hero. Like he, like he was saying that someone is next in line to be the number one hero. And I think that is you. So he made like, see, and that's the one thing that I love about Deku also, like he couldn't lie. He was, he couldn't just be like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about, you know? And it could have been that easy. He'd been like, Pff, what? what? I, I, I don't know, man. Which, which is funny because he tells that to all of the characters like, all the other students. Like, Deku talked to him and was like, you know, what did, you know, All Might mean when you said this or that and the other? And, you know, Deku's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. And that was the first, like, two seasons. And then in season three, you know, they actually confronted each other in a badass battle out in the battlegrounds. And, you know, Deku said, you know, you you know what? Fine, All Might said that he was my successor, da, 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 da. And I love the the character development of Bakugo because it does remind you very much of Vegeta like we said earlier in this episode. Vegeta is this angry person that learns to be humble and you know learns to have a family. Bakugo in this instant was just an angry kid all the freaking time but it was because he was so passionate to be a hero. And he even tells Deku after that fight like i've worked so hard and you are the successor like i have worked to become better than the number 1 hero and like you get to do this well please don't mess it up and i was like oh man like that was a humbling moment for for bakugo and i'm so glad like good on you kid i'm so proud of you you're like my little kid and i'm just so proud you know it shows he's learning so-
2: it shows he's learning something <laughs> in that school
0: Exactly. And, you no, know, I, I'm so glad to see how these kids are reacting to everything. And, you know, we have a weird, awkward, high school-esque crush going on with Ochaku, kind of learning that she has feelings with Deku. I don't know where that's going. Um, I'm sure you have some insight on that, if they even do anything with that later on. But what what do we see coming for... Deku and Overhaul and what we can assume chapter wise would be the next let's say the next three chapters from where season four starts the next three chapters after that where can we see Deku is he still training with All Might because one thing that we forgot to mention also is that he is going towards uh, one of All Might's uh, sidekicks Yes, I forgot his name Night-eye. uh Night, night eye. eye. Yes. Dude, let me let me just say when it showed Night Eye tickling that girl, <laughs> I was like Where's in that machine going? I, I was like, "Whoa, like this 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 dude's got to be one of those crazy pervy dudes that's going to like take a really weird turn." And dude, I laughed my ass off when it showed so the uh the part of the Trinity, I forgot his name. Uh, the The blonde kid, the
1: power. Oh, Dude, uh, Mirio.
0: Him. Yeah, Mirio. He he, told, uh, All Might that he would help Deku, get in talk, get in contact, with Nighteye, and he said, "Hey, we're gonna do this." But he's a very serious. He's a very serious hero, and, if you don't make him laugh, he's just gonna tell you to walk out. And Midoriya's like, "What?" I, I have to make him laugh? Like, I heard that he is just this, like, like n- like just like very strict, straight-faced dude. Why do I have to make him laugh, you know? And so he goes into the building, and he explains that he has mastered the skill <laughs> of making his face exactly like All Might's. And it was just, like, funny the way he had been practicing it for years and years and years. And so you see him, like, ruffling up his hair. And he... Because you've seen him do it, like, prior to this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, kind of, you know, hyping himself up and, like, pretending to be All Might. And you see it, you see him do it again right in front of Nighteye. And Nighteye's just looking at him with, like, this, like, just death stare. And was like, are you mocking all Might, and I'm like, oh, no. Like, oh, no, he didn't think it was funny. And, like, even, uh, oh, man, I forgot his name again. Uh, 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 Miria. Uh, yeah, he he even said, oh, my gosh, he didn't think that was funny. Because even he s- had, like, a small little smirk towards Midoriya, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, shit, it's not funny. Oh, fuck, what's going to happen? <laughs> and so, like, I'm, I'm really excited to see what kind of character Night Eye is. Of course, I hope to soon catch up in the in the manga to learn about his character even more. But they're bringing these characters very organically in a way that, you know, they're supposed to find a, is it like a sponsorship that they're trying to find? I can't remember what they're doing. Yeah, pretty much um, like
2: a work study.
0: Um, yeah, that's what it is, work study. Almost like a, in, in today's society, it would be like an internship. Exactly. Basically. So he is, you know, trying to find this internship with these heroes, and he wanted to get one that was more like All Might, because of course All Might is retired, and so he couldn't necessarily go under All Might's, you know, uh, armor or anything, so they're like, hey, why don't you go with Night Eye, he's going to be the perfect guy to go to, excuse me, but that's all we have for season four, I'm super excited to see what we have in store for us. Um, Jake, where can they find you?
2: Uh, You can find me at Twitter at Nerd Grounds. Um, Got a little Halloween theme going on. Ghoul Grounds right now. Um, But, yeah, uh, Twitter at Nerd Grounds. uh, Or you can also contact me on the FFL pod if you're interested in fantasy football at all.
0: Yes, I am slowly learning about fantasy football. You know, I'm not a big sports dude, but I told Mark, hey, I'm going to try not saying that I'm going to be, you know, understanding a whole lot of stuff. You know, I recently downloaded the Yahoo Sports app. So every Sunday that I do have just a boring day at work, I would put on a game or two and I try to watch at least, you know, a few minutes of each game, learning some things. So there you go. There you go. I'm, I'm slowly learning, slowly learning, you know. but yeah, You of dropped some you knowledge
2: can... in the Slack chat the other day or last week I saw. Some football about, knowledge. You jumped in uh, on one of the football conversations I remember not too long ago. Oh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I was talking a little bit about uh, freaking, what's his name? Um, well, actually, I I don't know what you're talking about, actually. I can't
2: remember. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it I was will be, you.
0: Uh, it probably was. But you know, <laughs> me
2: knowing
0: no knowing me, I had just heard it from a friend, and I was like, "Ooh, let me sound smart real quick." <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Start a conversation just now,
0: yeah. But uh, you know, you can also find me, of course, at Fanboy Comics Pod for this podcast. You can find me at Fanboy Clay for my personal and CB underscore Legion for the comic book show as well. I also have a show called Batman News Weekly that I do with. Uh, Juice Wayne, Bat from the Box, that YouTuber, uh, he started a podcast uh, with nothing but Batman news. We talk about the movies, we talk about the video games, we talk about entertainment, we talk about the comics. And actually, last episode, we got into a little bit of an argument over Batman 81. He loved it, I didn't. Go check that out. That is on Anchor, iTunes, anywhere else that you can find podcasts. Uh, but guys, thank you so, so much. And because I just really love this book, I love this anime, enjoy a little bit of the soundtrack right now.
1: The inside of me, the feeling of entrapment holding me And as a plane above flew so endlessly nagging thought, I think it's a sign The night is drawing near and these empty tears have left me longing For a way to face my fears, and do I have the strength or the courage within To take a step, reach out for my goal? This life is so pointless, or at least it seems that way When everything around me is spiraling towards a approaching end. But this one thing, just one thing, a moment no one can deny. Even if my fate's been decided, I'll embrace どれすげてたあの記憶を不思議なくらいに覚えてる意味